Hey, Stefan. Hey, Heidi. Do you remember which movie we watched? I think we watched The Beyond, <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure. For the fourth time. I don't know why you can't remember that we've watched this movie before. No, I remember that we've watched the movie because, number one, I remember the title. And number two, I remember that it opens and closes basically with this painted scene of, like, people in some sort of, uh, you know, like, desert kind of landscape where they're, like, in, you know, intertwined with the the painting or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So I do remember that part of it. But how does it get from point A to point B? That I don't remember. (laughs) How does it... Get from painting to painting? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Or I'll tell you about How about I tell you about the movie? All right, yeah. You All tell right. me about the movie, <laughs> and I'll tell you what I think about it. All right. Well, 1981's The Beyond. The Beyond. The Lucio... Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. Now, in the U.S., it wasn't released until 1983, and when it was released, it was not released under this name of The Beyond. It was The Seven Doors of Death. The Seven Doors of Death. Which no. pretty much is what this movie is about. I, I feel that that's too telling. That's like... it, it already knows? Yeah, it already reveals the fact that there's, you know, a hotel and there's door, well, doors. How, where does it have a se- hotel in the Okay, title? but I mean, Seven seven <laughs> Doors of Death. So you've got some sort of... I don't know. I just feel like that the beyond, you don't know what you're stepping into. It could be a sci-fi movie. It could be There is a else. sci-fi movie called... The beyond. beyond. Yeah. And that's my point. It's like if you were a uh, person going to uh, the cinema back in these days and you just wanted to see a film and unlike... Way back in the 80s? Yeah. Unlike today <laughs> where we already have seen half the film within the previews before it comes out, uh, you didn't really get that luxury back then. You know, you would go to the movie and you'd literally experience it there in the moment. So for someone who didn't have any backstory, it was like, oh, I don't know, let's go see this movie called The Beyond. I think they were in for a wild ride. Um, I'm sure there were trailers back then and synopsis. But not and, so much, though. Yeah. And then in the 80s, there definitely was not Siskel. There was Siskel and Ebert. Right. But there. But think about it. Is the Comparatively, we know so much more about movies coming out before they come out now just because of the way that the trailers reveal so much and that there's so much marketing into it. I'm not saying there weren't trailers. I'm sure there were. And people probably knew that there was some sort of craziness. I mean, we, we, could, we could find what the official trailer was. Um, yeah. So actually, uh, so this is a Fulci movie. Mm-hmm. Um, be- most known for his Giallo films. And even before those films, he did pretty much mainstream movies. Now, this is not a giallo. This is not a giallo. This no. is once he he did giallo movies and he was well known in that area. But then he went into this kind of gore fuckery with Zombie, which is the movie we, uh, we've seen. Zombie with a Z. Zombie with a Z? Yeah. How else would you spell it? Zombie with an with X. X? Yeah. Oh, uh, do they spell zombie with an X? Um, I've seen zombie with an X. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, zombie with the Z, Z O M B I E two. And there he w- it was such a gory movie, and that's when that was kind of like his like, okay, I found my people, and um, and he was well known for going anti Catholic church because he did have this movie. What was it called? It was called 
something like don't mess with the duckling or something. Fulci. Yeah. You're talking about. yeah. And it was about pedophilia in the Catholic church. Mm. And it was, um, it was, it was him commenting on it before it was even acceptable to <laughs> before comment. it was mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but anyway, um, this is a quintessential Fulci movie, horror, grotesque. Yeah. Video nasty. Very, movie. very much like an HGL film. Yes. HGL. Now, HGL and Fulci both share the title of the Godfather of Gore. Right. Okay. Um, I think that is, I think, I guess I can see where that comes from. Uh, comparing this movie to the, the HGL movies I've seen, I think that HGL tends to use, I don't know, his seems a little bit more real, like as if he's using real slabs of meat or something <laughs> in his in his uh, special effects. Because he probably did. Yeah. Or actually, yes, he, I think he absolutely did, yeah. did. And in these ones, they use, I think, real acid, but they used obviously like fake dummies and stuff, and it just well, yes, it looked like no mannequins. Well, no actress would say, yes, no. pour acid on my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For the right price, you never know. Um, not if they want to make <laughs> uh, anything other than one movie. Um, I don't want to compare the two because they both are yeah. gory, but they're both distinct in yeah. their own manners. Who cares who's above the other? You know, they both are they're in the great. same realm. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. All right, so The Beyond um, didn't come to the U.S. until 1983, and it was one of the favorite movies of... Uh, who? Just guess. Uh, you, I, I mean, I feel like uh, my intuition is saying Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah. Um, because that's his grindhouse. Yeah, because uh, the grind. <laughs> I loved when I saw that. I was like so in. I'm like yes, and then I don't know what happens afterwards. Well, so he re-released it with all of the cut, um, all of the cuts put back in. So what we saw is not what was released in 1983. Right. What like we saw was cut. more of a movie. It was like. There was more minutes of film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this so this movie touches on the afterlife and it touches on a lot of the um I guess of, of hell, heaven, hell, purgatory, and um ultimately the undead. Um his last film was about zombies too, and it's a Fulci lot of layers. D- yeah, and but Fulci didn't want to um he didn't want to piggyback off of Day of the Dead or anything like that. So he was really upset with how his last production house had done that, trying to piggyback off of it. What do you mean? Because it was a zombie movie? Because it was a zombie movie, and so he switched production houses when he came to this movie. Um and I appreciate that. He wanted to keep the integrity of his movie because the Beyond is a zombie movie. But it's is also it? a satanic movie, and it's yeah. also heaven and hell movie and it's also a ghost story you know it's a seven layer dip if you will totally yeah i see that seven doors seven layers seven beans. seven gates hotel <laughs> seven baits motel seven baits motel <laughs> <laughs> i just started rereading that book psycho oh yeah yeah we should do our next episode on psycho because there's a lot of things that i had forgotten i've and- never seen psycho <laughs> you're looking at me psycho right now what? I think I knew that, but I didn't want to know that. <laughs> you didn't want to believe that? No, I mean, everybody's seen the shower scene, but has has everybody ever really watched the movie from beginning uh, to end? <laughs> yeah, multiple times. Jesus, fuck. Really? Not me. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say no Have you seen it. the birds? Parts of it. Bits and pieces. 
I don't think I've ever seen a full Alfred Hitchcock movie in its entirety. Really? Yes. I don't come from like cinema uh, history kind of thing. You know, neither like, do I. I feel well. <laughs> I know, but it's just okay, weird. To it's- be fair, I did take cinema coursework. Um courses in cinema and cinema appreciation yeah um and my teacher would be rolling over in her grave because none of that has been applied to any of our episodes well but um but because i do thoroughly enjoy movies now i'm not a a film student that knows all the intricate details and and all the symbolism but i know what i like and i like what i like yeah i think though like as we are progressing through history um Moving into the future, like most of the things that I think were in the past right now are all sort of living in their own nostalgic memory. Um, Like I know of Hitchcock. Hitchcock is a staple of cinema. I get that. I've always known that. But I've never seen his movies, you know, and as we move forward, like people that are younger than us, like they probably know of Hitchcock. But have any of them really ever watched the movies? Probably. Well, I (laughs) I guess we would hope so. But I do feel like that there's certain things that are going to just become old. Like we always have heard about it, but we've never really seen it. You know, I was that way with many bands and and stuff like I've always knew who Jimi Hendrix was, but I hadn't grew up listening to his music. I feel you. I um, I knew that U2 was a thing, mm-hmm. but I never realized that I've listened to U2 songs until I met somebody who was like, you don't know who U2 is. Are you from Earth? And I'm <laughs> like, wow. Okay, thanks, asshole. Yeah, I I don't really listen to U2 at all, but of, of course we they all know They forced that album on us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the, the that was the last straw for me. I was like, yeah. done with you, you two. That was like Metallica on the <laughs> SNM album. <laughs> you know they did a part two to that. Oh, no, I don't because I purposely don't want to know anything about it anymore. <laughs> they came out wearing garter belts. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, do you know what a garter belt is, or did you mean a corset? <laughs> <laughs> the little thing that goes okay, around. Okay, it's a garter belt. <laughs> All right, so the movie takes place in Louisiana. In New Orleans, Louisiana. And it was always on my bucket list to go to New Orleans. I went there once when I was young. It was, I don't even think it was actual Mardi Gras time, but there was definitely Mardi Gras activity going on. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Very open place from what I remember as far as uh, partying and... uh, you know, there's like a certain section of of Bourbon Street that once you cross over that side of town, it's it's uh, it's, it's like, on like Donkey Kong. It's it's like Boys Town over there, or whatever you want to oh, call it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, from what I remember, it was crazy. But I was also young. I was like just barely eighteen or whatever. You mm. know what I mean? So, and I wasn't there. <laughs> you're, you're gonna laugh because I wasn't there visiting new orleans louisiana technically i was there because my pops was trying to send me on some sort of religious uh you know whatever i don't know it was like a thing that we're having in louisiana where it was a big like convention where all these people were going to listen to these scholars preach about the religion and so me and my buddy snuck away and jumped the fence of the like uh place where the hall where it was all being taken and uh we ran off and uh had play you know fun in the night you know in louisiana in the voodoo capital of the world <laughs> got it 
<laughs> uh, it was great, you know. I I went, uh, you know, we just partied out and got drunk and shit, and, and then we snuck back in, and then you know, we had to like, because this was like a religious thing, so everybody was like, we, you know, where are these people going? We weren't supposed to leave, and then we had like a few other like younger guys who were from like other groups that came from different cities and they realized that we got out and they were like man we want to roll with you too and next thing you know like we got a crew of little badass <laughs> fucking dudes just like leaving and going to hang out you were out. satan you literally yeah. were the path away from god <laughs> oh shit and then so my dad was all like this is this is off topic i guess but my dad wanted to know about you know oh did you have a good time or whatever over there and what did You're you like, learn? Hell yeah <laughs> yeah. Well, he wanted more or less, what did you learn? Or did you hear the people speak or whatever? And so what I had done, I brought a little voice. Uh, you remember the old recorders that had the little mini cassette tapes in it? Yes. I brought one of those and I set it up in like uh, the hall and I like hit it somewhere and put record <laughs> and I left. And then I came back later and got it. And then the whole lecture was recorded on tape. So when I went back, I was like, yeah, here, dad, this is the lecture. And uh, you can li- I recorded it so you can listen to it, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> had no idea I was gone. But there was so many people like there was, who was going to be able to keep tabs on me. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> a chaperone, perhaps. Yeah, there was one there. There's a guy that was like a dentist that my dad knows, and he was supposed to be chaperoning us. And I checked in once or twice, and then after that, I was like, peace out. But again, this was thousands of people were there. They would never have known. You know, we had a small group we rolled with, so mm-hmm. they. I just was like, oh, I was over there. I was downstairs. I was getting something to eat, you know, whatever. Meanwhile, I was at like fucking... I went to like a Foot Locker or some shit and they had a, it was a Los Angeles jersey, funny enough. I wanted it so bad. It was a, it was a baseball jersey with the black with the LA on it, not like Dodgers with blue Mm -hmm. and gray. And somebody had already, or I think I did, I switched the tag with a different one that was like way cheaper than what it was supposed to be. And when I got up there, they rang it up, but they knew, but they were like, ah, but. I guess we have to give it to you anyways. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then boom, I ended up buying this LA Jersey for like 20 bucks. And it was like an authentic, it was like something that was probably like a hundred dollars or whatever. And I got it for like 25 bucks because I switched the tag with like a cheap fake Jersey or whatever, man. Uh. Okay. So don't go to New Orleans (laughs) unless you want to absolutely be, corrupted <laughs> <laughs> they put a Got voodoo it. spell on me and they, they took my soul away well i've always wanted to go but less now less less now <laughs> i saw a lot of titties in new orleans too and it wasn't even mardi gras i know but it was like just <laughs> happening you just walk down bourbon street and there's like people throwing beads and girls flashing and just you know whatever it's just debauchery it's yeah, I kind of wanted to go because I wanted to experience a funeral because it seems like a very... A funeral? Yeah, <laughs> a funeral. Like, it seems very, like, a very You're passionate uh, and full of love experience. You know, when they do the the walk to the cemetery and it's full of music. Oh, you know? okay. The, yeah, I get it now. I, I But still, you're, like, the only person I know that's like, I want to go to visit a city for the funerals. <laughs> <laughs> not the food, not the fun, but the funerals. <laughs> well, I think have you ever seen the movie Skeleton Key? Maybe. So it has um I wouldn't remember. 
has Kate Hudson. Yeah, I know you fucking follow. The reason why I'm doing this podcast with you is so that I can go back and remember what movies, (laughs) (laughs) what movies I've watched, and it will always exist somewhere in time, and I could be like, "Oh right, I did see that movie." (laughs) Well, I don't know. So anyway, Skulls and Key was a movie set in the same in the same place, and it was it looked beautiful. It's supposed to be super spooky. Who's in it? Kate Hudson. Oh, sorry, yeah, Goldie Hawn's daughter. Yeah, yeah. And um, and a bunch of older people. Oh no! And it's really good. It's really scary. It actually is pretty scary. Okay. All right. So anyway, uh, this movie was set in Louisiana. Uh, the movie starts with uh, Louisiana, nineteen twenty-seven, when there's a mob of people going to murder. Yeah. Um. A man. I don't think I this even poor guy. wrote he's his like, name. He's just a painter. He was. That's well, what he looked he's like to a me. painter, but he was also a. Um, but he was also a, a warlock who knew that this hotel, it sat on top of the um, of one of the gates of one hell, of one of the seven, seven gates, gates of hell. hell. And he was in the process of opening them. By and painting. By painting. I don't know how what he was doing, but we saw him as you, somebody painting. You heathen. So they kill him in his room and they call him an ungodly warlock. And they kill him in his room, room 36. They don't and just kill this him. Is, he, look, let me tell you, when I say he got killed, I mean he got killed the fuck up. Absolutely. This man gets beaten and then... Um, pinned down uh, and then hit with chains, chains. so it the, tears the chains his are tearing, flesh. Yeah, his flesh and apart. That scene was, and even though that scene is in black and white, it's like so impactful because you get the the the, the skin is ripped off, but you see like the juiciness of his of his meat yeah and and, and the like blood the and bones it's just almost like in being black meat. and white almost helps it at this point yeah because it's so like grotesque well then also the the final stab is the crucifixion where they, they like, crucify him they, they nail his hands to his, the his wall. wrists to the wall you know? and then as the cherry on top they throw acid on his yeah. face why not you know did they have acid back then Yes, they. We didn't invent acid. Oh, okay. Our generation didn't invent acid. Well, uh, anyway, it didn't seem like uh, something that a lot of other medieval acid was provided uh, by, in the seventies by the CIA because of MK Ultra. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I just said it was medieval, and I realized it was the twenties. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the acid was yeah. The the they they definitely love their acid in this movie. I did like how they did the the crucifixion because you know you could kind of tell but it was done fairly well the hand was actually coming through um a hole that was you know then there was a fake wrist and arm that was attached to it and they hammered right through and the blood squirted out effects are just awesome yeah yeah that was cool i i I definitely knew like at that point they're like guess what this is the opening scene we're hitting you with some fucking crazy shit acid to the face this and that and some fucking crazy late 70s early 80s like synth music synth music yeah yeah um now during the whole time that this is happening there's a woman inside the hotel who's reading from this book the book of avon the book of avon yeah and she is just this blonde woman we know nothing except she's telling us 
about the gates of hell. Now, Book of Avon is somewhat in the realm. So it comes from the mythos of Cthulhu, like an HP Lovecraft. Okay. But it's along the same lines as the Necronomicon. So yeah. it has 4,000 years of just lore and history, but also Avon, who was... Um, who was a wizard from this mystical land. It has all of his adventures as well. So in it, it's supposed to contain all of the knowledge to be able to open the portals of hell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, well, we don't know where she is. She's not where the, the, the guy's She's in the killed. hotel, but not in room 36. Okay, right. But she does tell us that through the gateway, evil will invade the world. Hmm. All right. So this movie, so far, gory as fuck. Gory as fuck. Um, so with the, and, and right after that opening scene is when they finally, when I finally realized that this was a Fulci film. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at first going into it, even though we watched it together three previous times. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but, uh-huh. <laughs> but now I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this guy. Because I heard his name through many of these cinematic void events and uh, secret movie club things that you took me to. And prior to that, I never knew who he was or have ever heard of his stuff. All right. So um, so then the movie jumps to jumps ahead to 1981. 81, the yeah. year I was born. Oh, that maybe that's why so I much. can't remember it because in this moment you I was born yet. <laughs> well, I wasn't born yet, and if I was, I was still a tiny little brand new born soul, so I wasn't retaining memories at that point. Right. So, what about the four times we've seen this movie since five years ago? But I think because it's made in '81, it was the curse of people who were born in '81. You can see it because you're a year. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the thing what oh is that 82 yeah it's not 81 okay i don't, um, I don't, I don't know that doesn't theory. make any sense i know it doesn't either because i think uh basket case was 81 and I remember oh yeah that movie. You remember that movie? <laughs> oh my god if you can remember any movie you remember basket case and not this one jesus so anyway uh 1981 it's still the same place um the hotel it's, it's a seven doors hotel yeah and the Seven Doors Hotel is now owned by Liza. Liza inherited this hotel, dilapidated hotel, but from her uncle that she had no idea, well, she didn't have much of a relationship with. But because she was struggling in the world, in New York City, she decided, I'm going to make a go out of this. So she's rebuilding the hotel or or, or reconstructing all the bits and pieces that it requires. And... Um, that includes painting the exterior. Mm-hmm. And that's the first scene we see. It's a painter who's greeting Eliza and then looks back at the house to be painted. And he is startled off of this six foot wide scaffolding somehow, falls off because he sees a woman with white, white eyes, eyes inside. Yeah. yeah, that would be kind of scary um, and frightening. So. Uh, but her, her eyes, they looked fucking crazy. It was definitely like some sort of like contacts or something. Yeah. They look like crusts, right? Kind of. But, um, the white contact lenses that was worn by this actress and then one other little girl actress, the the actress that plays Jill later in the movie, um, they were made from glass and hand painted with 
several shades oh, of white. Shit. So when um when they had them in, they really couldn't see. They yeah. had to be led around. Can't imagine putting glass on your eyeballs. That's crazy. Well, not only that. So when when um the actress who played Emily, the the woman with the, the white woman. eyes, yeah, yeah, um she would take them off of her eyes periodically to get rest and they would disinfect them right then and there. And I'm wondering what did they use at this time <laughs> to disinfect Alcohol. the eye? Alcohol. What? Jesus. What else? Have you ever like cut chilies and then rubbed your eye on accident? I can't imagine alcohol in the eyes. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Meanwhile. So, so the, so the painter dead. Death yeah, one. the painter's dead. There's a plumber introduced, right? Because the plumber, they're yep. having issues with the uh, water. No water in the pipes. It's all in the basement. Yeah. There's like four feet of water in the basement. Yeah. Okay, so Joe the plumber is called in, and he has he says something that really struck me as funny. When, when Liza says, or is it Liza or Eliza? I think Liza. When Liza says, oh, how long is this going to take? He's like... <laughs> As long as it takes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, that sounds expensive. <laughs> I liked him, man. He had that cool, like, I'm going to come in your house and smoke a cigarette kind of vibe without even, you know, asking you if it's cool, to, you know. And he's just like, this is how we do it. You know, I'm going to go check it out and see what, what's going on. I'm a fucking plumber named Joe. Joe the plumber. Wasn't that something from, like, the uh, the Bush and, and Obama era what yeah i think there was a guy named joe the plumber who was like a bush supporter when obama was like running against him i could be wrong <laughs> uh that's funny anyway who cares about that so i, I don't i don't remember any of that sorry that's okay Polit get, you can get up if you want to you want to get up on the couch politics are boring and that's not what we're talking about on this podcast so. well so um so joe does find the leak and goes through a wall. He like breaks through a wall and then sees that the pipes keep going. And as the pipes keep going, he lands on another wall with a hole with, with, it looks like it's like deteriorating the wall deteriorating. So what happens is he gets up close to try to peel some away and a hand reaches out. Oh yeah. And, and just squishes him Bam. like an overly ripe peach. Just right. <laughs> like, gouges his eyes out and shit yeah. and just like mm -hmm. yeah he's done so so yeah so he's dead <laughs> so body number two yeah and meanwhile so throughout three, the movie body number three in the movie <coughs> yeah but right now two in the, the hotel in 1981 so far there's two and it's interesting to me because throughout the movie later on the doctor and liza calls him as oh you know the accidents that happened Bitch, there's been two deaths since you've taken the house over. That's not an accident. So two deaths. <laughs> yeah. Even the guy who was uh, commenting on the painter who fell from, he was like the six foot scaffolding as if like, come on, seriously, how do you fall off of that shit? You know, I think it's, uh, yes, I agree. But I think it's mostly like downplaying it because of insurance purposes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, the wall did have that symbol of Avon, that like letter J or whatever. And we see it on throughout the building, and then we see it on all the victims, like on their bodies at some point. Anyway, um, 
Emily is driving into town. And to get to town, you have to cross like a long bridge that goes over the water. Yeah. Kind of like in True Lies, True Lies. when they're, esca- <laughs> they're in the Miami Keys yeah. and they're escaping the nuclear explosion. Yeah. Yeah. So she does that, but she sees that there's a woman and a dog and she doesn't stop until she like almost runs them over. <laughs> is like, she, she hoping that they're going to move out of the way? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I-, I was like, what the hell? So anyway, they end up, apparently that's Emily. That's the woman who may or may not be a person because that's the same person with the with the um with the wide eyes that appeared and scared um the painter right into falling but she was also the woman who was reading from the book of Avon yeah now i didn't get that at all I, did you put those two together at the time or did you, did you yes, think you did because okay. i remember the movies i watch okay so you already okay but, <laughs> Apart from that, though, the first time you saw it, did you really? Yes, okay. because you can see that that's the same person. I didn't get that. I don't know. I guess I know. for me, I didn't catch the details. I saw woman reading from a book, old time flashback scene, and I didn't realize that that was also uh, the same woman. But that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so they end up going to Emily's house because her name's Emily. So they go to Emily's house. And when we see them going to Emily's house, it's like... She just invited Liza over so that she could play the piano for her because it was like she's just sitting there <laughs> playing the piano with her back towards the woman, that stranger, right? But anyway. Maybe she just needed a friend to listen to her play. I mean, we're supposed to understand that she has tried to warn her about the hotel at this point, but all they show is the is the piano playing. See Emily play. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the hotel, Martha's looking for Joe. And she finds him. She finds him killed the fuck up. And not only that, but while he's dead, he's still vomiting his own internal organs. Right. That was a great scene. I mean, this this movie's full of those. Just like you like to call them juicy, gory, over juicy, the top, gory. excessive. It looks like it smells bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it, it feels like bile coming up your throat. Yeah. That's the scene. And she, he's still throwing up. And then next to him up comes from the waters because, you know, it's deep waters in the basement. Right. Up comes the body of the warlock the war- or the painter. Oh, OK. So that was his body resurfacing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Meanwhile, at this point, uh, somebody has to call the cops. I mean, yeah, somebody should. You know, they got it at this point. Like, <laughs> but nobody fucking does. All they do is they're like, "Well, take him to the autopsy room," and then next thing you know, cut to the doctor who was like flirting with Eliza, or sorry, flirting with Liza when the painter got killed. Yeah, well, uh, he's just sewing Joe back up. This is- Louisiana, like, you know, that's how they do it down south. Well, he did seem ethnic, so I'm sure they just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was sewing Joe up like he had a, his chest was cut open. Or yeah, because well, they right? would have had to do an autopsy. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, and then there's like an interesting thing, like there's the body, there's a the body um, of the painter there too. And then there's his. The original painter from the The original beginning. painter. Yeah, sorry. The. um. The, go- the warlock, warlock slash painter from the beginning. Uh, he's there too. And when I guess the assistant, the autopsy assistant hooks him up to an EKG machine, like his heart starts beating. Like when he leaves, you know, when there's nobody else in the room. Yeah. You see that was pretty little, cool. Uh, yeah. Which ends up 
reminding me of the fog because when JLC goes into the autopsy room in the fog, right. the body starts moving. Yep. And he comes alive and tries to attack her. Yep. And so when Joe, when Joe's wife comes to dress him, um, she leaves her daughter in the hallway, but ends up leaving, uh, uh, go, going into the autopsy room to get him dressed. And something startles her. Most likely the, uh, the reanimated body right. of the warlock. Yeah. Um, and she gets scared and this, and I guess maybe in her falling or knocking something over, she gets a face full of, of acid. acid. Yes. Why not? I mean, let's bring it back. The acid is a very big part of this movie. Yeah. And this acid like attack is like crazy. Cause it's like acid is sitting on the top of a sh- of a bookcase or something and it falls directly onto her face and pours on. And the way that they achieved this was um, using real sulfuric acid on a cast of the actress's face. And so it would it, it ate away at the parts they wanted it to eat right. away. So the wax parts as opposed to the other parts. To right. it, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very, again, uh, revolutionizing special effects in the movie industry, you know, uh, before CGI, before, you know. I mean, that's something I'd want to keep, though. What do you mean? Like if somebody made a cast of my face and then melted it halfway with (laughs) with acid, I'd be like, can I have that? Do you think that this uh, actress has that cast? No, probably not. See, I don't think so because of various reasons, but mostly... I think I'm the weird one. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of, I feel like actors that are in movies like these that they're not really like, they're not a fan. They do it because it's a movie. It's a role. It's a job or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, there's some people that have like, I've never even watched that film that I was in because it's too terrifying for me or whatever. Well, they can't all be Barbara Crampton. Yeah, exactly. You know I know who Barbara right. Crampton is. She was in The Reanimator <laughs> yeah. and she was in Shopping Mall. Shopping Mall. <laughs> one of your all-time favorite movies. Yep. But when the screaming happens, the little girl that's outside comes inside. Oh my god. And what could o- and she sees what could only be described as the most traumatizing thing to ever happen For to a young girl. A girl, yeah. Who a was, young who, little red-headed girl. She just lost her dad, right? So that's why they're there, because her dad's dead. But she goes in to help her mom. Her dad is on the table and she sees his face all fucked up, right? Yeah. And then sees her mom on the floor becoming what I could only describe as mom foam. Yeah. She yeah. looked like she, a slushy. She looked like a slushy from 7-Eleven. A cherry actually, slushy. It actually looked very tempting and appetizing at that moment. I was like, are you getting a slushies after this? I don't know. At that time, I was thinking about it for sure. <laughs> It's like slushy. <laughs> but then something else scares her because we see her terrified Probably face. the painter that came alive. It was reanimated. Yeah, the warlock slash painter, not warlock. the other painter or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, now, great. No problem. But when we go later to see the, the scene of the, the funeral for the mom and the dad, Jill, the little girl... Has white eyes. She does. That's what I wrote in my notes. I said, poor girl, white eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean that she is now, that Emily is now re- being replaced by Jill? 
because I don't know what it means. Of all of the victims, they've all died, minus the girl uh, Emily, and now this girl Jill. And Emily has told um, Liza the secrets of the hotel. So are we thinking that? Well, so I guess my I'm thinking that. Um, the spirit or whatever is saying, okay, well, Emily's out, put Jill in because Emily is next on my list because guess what? Emily is next on the list. Well, Emily is next on the list as in like, she's going to die next to me. Yes. So is she not already dead? Well, she is, she seems, she seems to be, I mean, in, she, in the halfway state, right? Because when she's at Liza's house, at the ho- when she's at the hotel, she runs out of the room and she gets frightened, but she has no footsteps. So is she the same age as she was when she? Yes, because she was an adult woman, right? In 1927, uh-huh. and in the same age woman in 1981. She just has white eyes. She's yeah. blind. Or and whatever. not only that, but when. When Liza confides in the doctor that this woman is her friend and whatever, she's talked to her about the book of Avon. Yeah. Um, he goes and looks for the house and sees that the house is closed up. Nobody lives there. Right. He's like, what? And he would have known. He would have known the person because he knows everybody that lives there. Yeah. But he does find when he does go to the house, he finds the actual book of Avon and he reads the book of Avon. So he goes back and tells Liza you know, oh, all of these, um, all of these uh, things are, you're expecting to believe that all these things are real. Who's, who's filling your head with all of these ideas? Because he doesn't believe it because he's a man of science. Most men of science are very skeptic and don't believe things right away. Obviously, they want to find proof. They want to find, uh, you know, some factual evidence that supports the data that they've... I mean, I don't think it's just men of science because I'm not a man, nor am I of science. <laughs> um, and I would be like, what's going on here? Yeah, no, I. but there's some people that are more... I feel like faith driven and they believe in things just because they have a belief system in them. And there's other people that need to at least find some sort of um, proof or evidence, you know, to support their theory. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the latter. I, I, I latter. I'm one of the latter. I don't just go around believing in stuff because, you know, it's written in, in ancient texts. Same. Yeah. Same. But, um, I am forgetting three people that come in this, that are part of this movie that I have not touched on. Okay. One of them is um, one of them is named Martha, and the other name is Arthur, and they both quote came with the house. Oh right, Martha um, and Arthur. I thought that they were going to have a bigger part in opening the doors of hell, but really they just get killed. They just yeah, they just get killed. Martha gets a full like a state of nail in the back of the head that pops her eyeball out and everything like that. Yeah, well because um Liza opens up room thirty six that had previously been closed, but because all that shit that's happening and the warning that she got from Emily, she's like, I'm gonna go open that fucking door. Don't do that. <laughs> uh because she left it open and so Martha was like, Oh, I guess I gotta clean this room and um she goes in there and she finds a tub full of stagnant water and her nasty ass puts her hand in this dirty ass Ugh. water and pulls out I'm whatever gonna, was clogging the drain. I'm going to call her brave 
I'll come call her dirty. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, I got to get in there. It's my job. I got nothing else to, you know, no excuse. And she pulls out this nice wad of like dirty, black, disgusting, like uh, hairball or whatever that's stuck in that drain. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I think it was Joe's chest hair. (laughs) (laughs) But this is when she gets killed because uh, Joe's body is what was inside the the bathtub. Yep. And he gets her and grabs her by the face and pushes her head into the nail that was used to hang that warlock and like it pops her eye out it's beautiful it is it's done very well it's beautiful it's goes awesome. right through her skull eyeball comes popping out i mean this is the moments of the movie that like i liked and understood the most i would really again like i get that they were really surf you know layering it with all these other plots and storylines or whatever but i just was having a hard time following that i was just like next kill next kill you know yeah well that one was a good kill and then the next person that i haven't talked about is liza's friend who's either the realtor or the decorator or the contractor whatever he is he's the guy that comments about the scaffolding being six feet yeah Yeah. and and he's the guy that like came with her from new york or whatever Mm -hmm. um and he's her friend right now at some point he goes to like the library or the city hall or to get the plans for the hotel because he's like well you got to figure out what the problem is yeah there's no blueprints or whatever so. so he goes to get the blueprints and um, he gets sent up like a ladder. Yeah, it's it's funny. The, the, the librarian is like, yeah, here's a ladder. and Go get it your fucking yeah. self because we're unionized, motherfucker. <laughs> and we're allowed breaks. And I'm going to go take my take lunch. Take break, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that guy, the librarian, was Fulci. Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, yeah. And then so the guy ends up, what, going up the ladder to look for the book. He falls. He falls. Um, because the book makes him fall. I don't know. I don't know. But the book has this elaborate plans in it. And then as this guy's dying, the floor plan just starts disappearing. Right. Yeah. But he gets eaten by spiders. Eaten or just probably bitten and poisoned. I don't know. Okay, fine. Um, but he gets eaten by spiders. By a bunch of tarantulas. Now, this scene I found very funny for a couple of reasons. One of which is that they definitely use some real tarantulas, mm-hmm. but they also definitely use some fake tarantulas. And again, as I'm watching it, I'm looking, I can see the fake ones that are just kind of being poked and moved a little bit just so they don't look completely still. <laughs> and then you can see the ones that are actually moving. Yeah. And it's just very funny because the legs are the ones that actually move. They have the very spider-like pattern, you know, one, then the next, then the next. Whereas the other ones look like they're being like poked or just pulled mm-hmm. on a wire or something like that. Oh, is, uh, um, yeah. The But the, um, I... If you're squeamish, like it's still a scene that you don't want to be a part of. No, yeah, spiders enough for everybody. I can take that way better than snakes, but spy get yeah. it. Spiders. Yeah, but then there's the other guy, Arthur. Arthur, he's one of the guys that come with the house. He also gets killed. I don't remember how he dies though. Yeah, I, th- I was hoping you would remind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Martha and Arthur. If they were from New England, that's how their names would be. Um, <laughs> okay. And then, um, well, then. Uh, so talk to me a little bit more about Dickie. 
the dog, Dickie. Um, that's true. He dies. Yeah. He was a good dog, but he led a troubled life. As... But at least he killed Emily first <laughs> because this is what happens. Um, Emily is... Um, Emily is at her house and she's terrified and she knows something's happening and she can feel the presence of all the, the undead around mm-hmm. her. But she says, you can't kill me because I haven't broken our pact or whatever. But she's a fucking liar because she did. She already tried to tell Liza twice about once abandoning the hotel and the second one about room 36. Right. So it's a justified kill. Right. So, and then were these zombies that were attacking her or? Zombies. Here's where the zombies come in. The zombies. Now, when uh, there was a passage in the book of Avon that said something along the lines of, you know, um, like the dead will, uh, the dead will. Stop door to door and try to get housewives to buy their catalog of stuff. Oh, wait, that's Avon. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at this point, everybody knows shit's going down, right? So they're at the at the hotel. The doctor, Doctor John, and uh, and Liza, and they're like escaping. They go to the hospital, and they go to the hospital to call the FBI, but the phones don't work. Right, like FBI, like, first of all, what are they going to do? Second of all, why is that his go-to call? Like, we must call the FBI. How do you call the FBI? How do you do that? How do you do that without Google? I don't know. 1-800-FBI. Okay, so this is when the undead come out, and they start super typical zombie movie. But Dr. John has a secret weapon. He has the most magical of all guns that never runs out of bullets I until know. it runs out of bullets. <laughs> it's like and a fucking revolver. And then he throws it. <laughs> uh, it's a revolver too. So at most he's got six Five, shots. Six, you yeah. know, and how is, you know, he's, he, you don't really see him reload at all. Uh, I don't know. But he's, and he's shooting him as if like. No, either he's a very terrible shot or he doesn't know what he's doing because he's like shoots him in like the thigh or the or the stomach. And then occasionally I think he does hit one or two in the head or something like yeah. that. But it's not like he then realizes, oh, I should shoot him all in the head. He's like, inexplicably, shoot him in the Jill, thigh. the little girl, is in the autopsy room because, of course, Liza and the doctor get separated at some point And Liza finds herself in the um, autopsy room. That's where Jill is. And Jill is going along with them and they're shooting zombies and whatever, trying to escape. And finally, Jill says, I'm going to eat Liza. And I'm going to eat Liza? Yeah. Why would she And he gets shot in the head. Jill. Yeah, I know. But why would she want to eat him? Because she's possessed now or she's. Well, like, yeah. 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 She's a bad guy now. I know. She I has did, white eyes. I got, I, got, I got that part. But I just don't understand. Like, why was she. Was Liza the enemy to her? Was she, was she just doing it because she's lost her mind? She's controlled by evil. Yeah, she's got white eyes. She belongs so to the book of Avon. The, okay. Yeah. These scenes in this movie—they're so gory. They're beautiful. They're—they're they're del- magically delicious. Like everybody <laughs> needs to watch them. Um, like that's really where the gore ends, at the death of Jill, because as we progress, 
um, it then becomes like this um, acid trip of a movie at, after the zombie. So it, we, we first it was the occult and um, the occult and devils and gates of hell and ghosts. And then it was zombies. And now at the end, it is a mind fuck. It is an acid trip gone wrong. Well, that's also where I feel like I don't get how we get to the ending. So they end up going into the painting somehow. So they, they, they run away the from of... the, they run away from the, they go downstairs in the hospital and they end up being transported down. So it, it actually ends up becoming the downstairs of, of the, the hotel. hotel. Yeah. And as they start walking towards, you know, the, the back half of the, of the basement of the hotel, they find themselves inside the painting. So the can paint- I ask you about that real quick? Uh-huh. So is that mean that the, when they went down from the, like, is the hotel connected to the hospital or is it some sort of a portal? I think it's some kind of a portal. I think, okay. So remember the blueprints? They changed or they disappeared. They or disappeared, something. right. Yeah. But you remember the blueprints were so much bigger than the actual hotel. Right. I think those blueprints were the blueprints for the actual gates of hell themselves. Okay. Meaning that they stretched off far and beyond what the hotel was. Okay. So it could very easily be that the portal existed in several key places, one of which was the basement of the hospital. Okay. It could very well be that. Yeah. So it's not so much that the basement and the hospital, because that's the other thing too. I wasn't sure. Are they even near one another? Are the two buildings like, you know, her hotel is here. I don't think so. How far away was the hospital? Hers was rural. She was using a rural hotel, like rural, rural. And um, <laughs> that was one of the first things I get. You're saying it sort of sort of becomes trippy and everything because it's like, okay, now they're in the basement, and then yeah, I guess they go through one of the gates of hell and end up into the painting. Which do they then become trapped in the painting? Is that so, what's going on? I I think what it is, it's that is then the beyond. It's purgatory. It's where you go. Before that, you know, before, so no, not purgatory because purgatory isn't purgatory. Just like where you go to cleanse yourself of sin before you ascend to heaven. Yeah. Something you know? like that. So, so it can't be purgatory, but it, I guess it's limbo okay. where you're neither here nor there. And that might be explained by Emily when she's getting killed. She shouts, don't send me back there. I don't want to go back there. Uh-huh. You know, maybe it's just limbo. Maybe it's like, you know, the sand dunes in Beetlejuice. Okay. You know, maybe it's just a place where nobody wants to be, to live out the rest of their existence in this nothingness, in the beyond. Right. So they don't come back out from there. They just live there. That's where they live now. (laughs) Interesting. And then that's where the end of the movie happens, right? Is there anything else after that? And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So now they're stuck in the painting. We get the... uh, thematic music again which oh that's the thing of the movie that i do remember for some reason that the um, music the music the little uh, soundtrack that plays like i when i heard that i immediately the synth was music like, well there was like the synthy kind of whatever and then there was this other uh motif that they kept playing over and over again that was repetitive throughout the movie um either way both of those i was very like oh yes i i if if, if i heard the music I would have probably been able to guess that it was from the movie Beyond. But if I saw a scene from the movie, I don't think I'd be able to remember. I mean, I'll remember the gory parts, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I... Sure, I love realism in my horror and my gore. That's 
got a place in my heart too. But I like paint red blood and I like uh, practical effects <laughs> on old horror movies that you're like, I know that's wax, but oh my God, what if it was real? Like in this movie, there's a really great scene when that guy's getting killed by the spiders where the spider injects his Venom. fricker or whatever into his tongue uh-huh. and then it pulls it out and there's like this nastiness bit, little chunk of tongue that comes <laughs> with it it is so gross even to this day if i watch it i i like make fuchi faces like it's gross <laughs> fuchi faces, fuchi faces. <laughs> you got a fuchi face <laughs> maybe that's where it comes from <laughs> it's like ew fuchi. why are you making that fuchi face <laughs> but um it's uh it's a real humdinger. Yeah. I I I think that now I finally have at least seen the movie enough times that I won't forget it. And I think now that I'll probably understand more so where it has its place in horror cinema with the special effects and the Fulci effect and all that kind the of Fulci stuff. Yeah. yeah. I like I said, because it, it's one of those like like I said, it, it reminded me of HGL. And HGL is one of those that has now been cemented in my brain, thanks to you. You're welcome. And <laughs> so I think I'll, I'll remember this one a little bit more next time when I'm like, wait, have we seen that movie? And you're like, of course God we damn have. It, <laughs> <laughs> the, the cool thing about Fulci is that he is so involved. Like, yeah, it, there's hats off to the special effects guy. But Fulci also was like elbow deep in the sucker. Like he was like, let's do this. Let's do that. He was very hands on. Yeah. So you're com- I'm comfortable saying he this is his movie, you know. Are there other ones that you know of him just off by title? Like do you can you name two or three other Fulci movies? Yeah, so there's the Don't Hurt the Ducklings or something and that's the oh, the Priest Pedo movie yeah. and then there's Zombie which is Zombie 2 in the UK, I think, but it's Zombie here. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's uh, the Giallo movies that we've seen. Do we, we must have saw one or two. At but the, yeah, uh, yeah. But we've seen them, but I can't remember the names because some of them don't have U.S. names. Like you know? Blade in the Dark or something, like, maybe? Yeah. I wonder if that was one of his. Or, or um, movies that, that say something like, um, or movies that are called... I wanted you there for my birthday, but you were not. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like those movies that are like, yesterday you said this, but today you did not. (laughs) That's funny. In in, in looking at this, watching this movie again, and then remembering that Skeleton Key exists, I kind of do want to go to New Orleans again. I mean, not again, but like I kind of, it's kind of reinforced my desire to visit that place at some point. Mm -hmm. Because this, that house is an actual historic house. In New Orleans, well, actually in Madisonville, Louisiana. I just remember. And it's called the Otis House. (laughs) That's nice. That's cool. (laughs) I just remember what I was going to say. Being that this was a Fulci film and a, uh, like, was this originally scripted and written in American with American actors and everything? Or was it? Because in the very beginning, I almost thought it was dubbed. But then I was like, no, I don't think it is. So this movie was filmed on site in Louisiana, uh-huh. but it was mostly done in Rome. Okay. Like the interior shots, a lot of the interior shots were done in Rome. And um, 
they were his people. Because you can tell but, the vo- with the with the lips not matching up all the time. Well, that's what my question was. Was it dubbed? Did he write this in Italian? And was it originally? I don't know if Italian? he wrote it in Italian or not. I just know that. Yeah. No, that's a good question. I just feel like I'm. That's a good question. I asked. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm just curious because I, I did feel at first, I was like, is this a dubbed movie? And I was like, wait, no, I don't think so. And they're speaking, you know, English throughout the rest of the movie. Um, but I just didn't know if like in the, you know, because sometimes these Italian directors, you know, they do make their films in their native language. Yeah. And if you look at IMDb, look, it's called the Seven, Seven Doors, Doors of, of Death. Death. But that was the only the American name for it, right? It says terrifying, unique, surreal. One of the most frightening films I have ever seen. Said Kim Henkel, the author of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wait, that was a book before it was a movie? I don't know. And then Unrelenting Excitement, a truly original haunted house thriller. Said Toby Hooper, the director of Poltergeist. Oh my gosh. And TCM. (laughs) Speaking of Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre, have you seen the newest one yet? No, I have not. I know you said on one of our previous episodes that you were going to have to watch it just because you have to watch it since it's a TCM yeah. movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> not too happy about it, though. Oh, I have watched the other full. Okay, so this one here is actually part two of of a trilogy about like hell and the gates of hell. Um, so I think the other one was City of the, let's see, is the Gates of Hell, yeah. And then House by the Cemetery. So you've seen some of those other ones? Yeah. Oh, okay. The House of Claw. I do have to say that the film itself, the way it was shot, um, not just the special effects, but the transitions, the the camera angles, the there was a lot of, I feel like, forward you know uh pushing the envelope cinema oh the black cat oh the black cat um anyway that's why i I happened to notice that when i was paying attention this time there was definitely a lot of cool camera angles some you know uh, that's what it's called don't torture the duck kind of like don't fuck with cats gotcha (laughs) but um yeah there was definitely um a lot of cool you know like if somebody's a film student, I think they could get a lot out of watching a movie like this more so than just the gore and the shock value, um, you know, because that's the thing. That's where movies are separated with you. Are you when you're pushing the envelope and you're just showing like crazy gory stuff, but there's really no technique substance. behind it. Yeah. Or yeah. substance or technique, you know, because the camera yeah. tricks and that and the uh, the way they move the, the 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 motion of the camera, the angles the this, that and the other, whatever, it all plays into it. So if you're just showing, you know, basic shit and just for for shock value, you have something gushing blood and whatever you know it's it's not as yeah but there's a place for it and there's a market for it oh yeah like i really like this movie for its use of shadows uh-huh. you know because you know something's up just based on the lighting that's available on any given scene yeah and that's what i mean i feel like that not only the director but his crew did a great job of making this movie a very cinematic uh movie you know, or film or whatever and it it definitely has a lot of technique to it it's just even from an amateur or somebody who i you know me i don't know anything really but about film uh techniques but i can feel like i can recognize them when i see them 
And that's what I did feel while watching it this time. I was like, oh, yeah, this definitely has, you know, like you said, some substance and technique behind it. So that was cool. That part of it I enjoyed. Yeah, me too. So you going to remember it this time? I'll promise to remember it this time. I won't forget about it now. I got <laughs> it. I got it. I mean, I have I have a, a soft spot for Giallo in general, but the connection here, of course, it's what drew me to the Beyond in the first place. Um, the gore really is what keeps me coming back to this movie. Um, it just it's so, um, it's so wrong that it's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, definitely, I can see that. Like I said, in the 80s with the whole satanic panic thing you're talking about, like stuff like this could have easily just been, uh, you know, pushed away from the mainstream just because, you know, this is a little over the top. This is like, you know, it's 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 almost like like X rated gore, you know, not Mm -hmm. that there I don't think that there's I don't know if that's a thing or not, but it just seems like. You know, I'm people, sure there's a market for it. Yeah, people weren't <laughs> ready to, you know, watch a, a dog rip somebody's, you know, like ear off, ear off, and their half and their face off. and their throat and jugular. You know, we we were watching the um, the Wolfman for the last uh, Ice Cream Sunday episode, and he gets they get bit in the jugular, but obviously back in the 40s and they those, didn't show it, it was all implied. Yeah, implied. And them. here, this is the difference: is guess what? We're not just going to imply that this girl's going to get her throat chop- chomped by a fucking German Shepherd. You're going to get gonna this shit on it. your shoes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and that's that's you know, I mean, some people don't have the stomach for that. I definitely know. Like my mom is not what the type of person that can watch anything like this. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people in my life, a lot of people have said, I can't watch horror movies. I can't stomach them. And I'm always like, what's wrong with you? Well, like I always think, I don't say it to them, but I'm always thinking like, (laughs) what, why? Like, I don't, I was always like, I don't understand. I don't, how can you not, how can you not watch a horror movie? And then after however many years I'm alive, I realize, oh, I'm the broken one. Yeah. And that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably more logic in the question, what's wrong with you, Heidi? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my first guess is a lot. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) But, you know, it's uh, you need stuff like this to... For certain people, sometimes you like, need this just so you can feel alive. Yeah, exactly. You said it all <laughs> right there. No, I think I, I think I watch a lot of true crime and a lot of horror, um, because I feel like I need to know all of the bad shit out there. Because you know how I used to say my brother's one lab accident away from being um, an evil scientist. I'm like one more trauma away from doing some fucked up shit. Allegedly. Allegedly. All allegedly, of course. Mr. and Mrs. Allegedly over here. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I am watching these things proactively so that I can avoid certain scenarios. And I think that's ultimately why we, we as women watch a lot of true crime. Yeah. To avoid certain scenarios or know how to react if you do fall into a certain scenario. With true crime and... 
this is like the true crime i get it but this is a little bit this is beyond no oh, yeah this is me broken. literally beyond this is just me being broken yeah <laughs> i don't know and that's I, okay i gravitate towards things like that i always like you know i mean even as a little kid like the like for example raiders of the lost ark one of the craziest scariest moments face in that is face when, melting the face melting, yeah, and in some ways, I thought that that was even more. Not, to, I don't know. I guess I'm comparing. What about it, but the, doo, 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 the heart doo, burst from the Indiana Jones from Temple, of, Temple Doom. of Doom? Yeah, um, those exactly. Like, there's definitely moments in movies like that that are very scary and kind of gross and horrific, but very you know small moments. Um, but I don't know. I just I I've always I've always had the stomach for things like that. Um, I do get a kick out of it, especially since I know that this is art and it's a film and it's not really real. You know, it's not like somebody's really getting their, you know, throat chomped or face yeah. cut off or whatever. I'm there with you. The only one I couldn't watch and stomach was a movie that I watched with you when we first met. And it was called The ABCs. Oh, of- The ABCs of death of death yeah yeah i i couldn't get past a certain letter i don't remember which one um but that i i stopped watching it and i couldn't go all the way through it yeah well that is a that was like a compilation movie of a whole bunch of different directors getting to do shorts of right but i think the reason why i couldn't stomach it then and i probably could stomach it now is because then i had just started working on uh processing my trauma so i was a little more raw right and now i'm kind of like all right well i got this shit (laughs) i got i have coping mechanisms i have support i have you know i have growth (laughs) i have a buffer (laughs) that sounds good i mean i'm glad that you've been able to make that kind of progress in your life thank you yeah me too yeah because you know what sometimes at work something happens and i'm like this motherfucker wants to get got. Yeah. And normally I would have all these feelings and internalize it and I would fall into a depression or whatever, or I'd, I do some kind of self-harm. But now it's like, all right, well, I'll deal with that on Monday. <laughs> do you feel like you're a squeamish person? No. 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 Um, I feel like I can be. Like, I hate possums and rats and mice. Yeah, but that's not squeamish. Squeamish to me is more like, you know, people who can't like look at, I don't know, body dismemberment and blood and. Well, and I can as long as I realize it's <laughs> not real. Like, well, what about real stuff? Like a doctor who needs to actually amputate or operate on somebody. I may or may not already be reading a literal forensics pathology yeah. textbook for fun. <laughs> I, I do find some of this like if you watch like eye surgery or I don't know any kind of like uh, open organ surgery it can be a little bit intense you know I, d- I definitely you know don't just look away from it like immediately it could be pretty intense so um, I get it but yeah I don't consider myself to be squeamish either and where um, is my book this is not on my iPad that's the only thing I would say for these types of movies is that if you're squeamish, that's your trigger warning right there. Be careful because they're, well, they're not going to, you know, oh, a forensic autopsy. Nice. Yeah. And this book has pictures. That's all I'm saying. I don't think I'm squeamish in that regard. Like this is an actual dead body. Do you want to see it? Sure. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, that's just, it's black and white. It's far away. It doesn't, you know, whatever. To be honest with you, I think the movie stuff is worse. Oh, this is an actual dead child. Yeah. That do you want to see probably, it? Well, I don't mind seeing it. Do you want to see it? Well, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but it's all for, like, medical purposes. I feel like that movie stuff is more over the top because it has to be it's cinematic, you know? So it's like, I don't feel, I feel like you're, if you're squeamish, you're more probably susceptible to like movies um, because of that reason that they're, they, they'll push the envelope for excess for the movie, you know? Whereas like a real life situation, it's not as maybe bloody as it seems like you know right well i i'm not squeamish in this because it's medical and it's like oh this is what happens to your body yeah um for me it's more of learning as opposed to gore and horror where it's just you're just exploring um art mm-hmm. you said it so masterfully it's art yeah it definitely is it can be i mean some people do art that we appreciate and understand and some people mm-hmm do art that we don't appreciate and we don't understand. Speaking of art, that piece of art above your head, it looks like it pops so much more now because of the, I don't know, we, we reframed it properly, took the plastic off or something. It just looks like there's depth to it now and I can see into the painting. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's nice to see that. Like when I'm here, because this is the same place I use as my office when I work. Uh, it's nice to see or feel like I got my buddy Boris Karloff just yeah. hanging out, sipping some tea while I'm working. <laughs> right. I was going to say for the listeners out there, we're referring to a picture of Boris Karloff as the monster drinking his tea and having a cigarette. Probably, <laughs> I'm assuming, during a filming, a break. filming break. Yeah. Yeah. I it, got this at um, I got this at the Fairfax uh, High School, like a flea market that they have every however many weeks or whatever. And there was a stand with it. And then I, that's a, yeah, I loved it. I fell in love with it. Is that a significant like picture that like many people, like, is that a famous picture of him or is that like a very, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But my friend, uh, my friend Michelle sent me a picture. Um, I guess she got me, she bought me like the digital image or something. I just have to print it out properly of, um, of, uh, Bell Lugosi as Dracula playing cards with Santa Claus. But I don't feel like I'm going to hang that anywhere. <laughs> is that like one of these NFTs or something? Is that what that is? What is I don't it? know. I don't know either. The world <laughs> is advancing so far and we're just like, becoming, I don't know. I just go to we're work. just becoming old people. <laughs> I just go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just becoming old. Like what is all this? Nifty stuff these kids are talking about nifty, these days. Nifty hustle. <laughs> nifty hustle. <laughs> and with that, I'm leaving you today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. To check out what we're doing, visit us at icecreampodcast.com or you can find us on social media at Ice Cream Parlor The Podcast. <laughs>